This copyrighted podcast of the James Perspective has been paid for and funded by James M. Wilkerson. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this podcast are a permutation and combination of words and sentences used in this podcast without the express written consent of James M. Wilkerson and the James Perspective is strictly prohibited. Technology Thursday, and we got the what the fearsome threesome to talk about technology and bring us up today. Some very interesting things we talked about in the green room this morning. Um, we there are some little pieces of news that we need to take care of. I, I you know, uh, we'll talk about the Kansas City shooting. It's amazing that somebody wants to destroy a good time. The CIA sends these guys out there. No, I'm kidding about that. Uh, you know, before we get started, though, I want to say that I saw a picture yesterday that was amazing, and it was a picture of Dwayne's son getting a promotion, and you could see Dwayne in his son, and and I I can't imagine how proud you must have been. That that is amazing. Yeah, I, I was pretty proud. I, I've got um, identical triplet boys, and two of them are in the Air Force. <laughs> Wow, that's something. I have a um, news clipping from during um, World War II, late into World War II, a news clipping from Hot, Hot Springs, Arkansas, that has my great uh, my grandfather and his three brothers. All four were in the service, and it just kind of echoes that a little bit. I realize we're not really wartime, although we have all these perpetual wars that keep assembly line rolling along. Um, the, these guys are not really anywhere close to the, the fighting front lines. They um, they followed my footsteps and went into more of the IT telecommunications stuff. Yeah, yeah, you've told I, I, I'm, I'm familiar with it, and I'm glad that you're sharing this with, with, our, with our audience. Um, Dwayne has done a very good job. How many children do you have? It's like 400, and you're not Catholic. Too, right? many, too many. Do you want some? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, uh, I've got a blended family, and so mine, hers, ours, somebody else's, and the San Antonio surprise is high rank. So we've got, um, <laughs> we've got nine kids that we've reared. Wow. Wow. And I'm still standing. Wow, that's amazing! Um, congratulations on that. I was, I, you know, I did comment. I've been so busy. I haven't commented on much. You probably noticed, but I, I really am I'm very happy for you. Um, well, the, these boys have have made parenting a cinch. It's literally been on cruise control. It's been fun watching them mature. Well, congratulations, and uh, you know, and it, now I'm going to go to a sad, but not sad. We brought it up yesterday at the end of the podcast, but I know that we get past the 15 that we probably have lost a lot of people already. I genuinely um, was sad, happy, sad that Melanie Safka, Safka died. Uh, I was a huge fan of that that hippie chick, and and I wanted to make sure that I that she got at least some mention because that's one of my top top female singers ever. Uh, she was more folk, stayed unplugged the whole time. Ran a, had a very good life after 
after she was in the limelight, she retired gracefully. And as far as I know, I don't think we would have agreed all that much politically, but I do like, I did like the lady. Sad to see that she died, but happy that she's out of her misery. She was, she had been. So anyway, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not, I don't go, I never did go gaga over her like these people do uh, Elvis Beatles and, and Kansas City um, Swift. But <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to get rid of all of the negative stuff right off the bat. Glenn, with, uh, I know that's up to your, your parse, the, the shooting at Kansas City. You know, yeah, um, it, was, it was bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what happened is, uh, for our audience, you probably heard, but the Chiefs had a victory parade, which they do when they run the Super Bowl. All, almost all teams do. And, uh, of course, Chief Nation shows out a lot uh, when this parade happens, and it goes by a historic train station, Union Station, uh, where the Valentine Massacre occurred, by the way. Um so there was a shooting of, I think, 22 people were injured. One was killed. Uh, three individuals who have been taken into custody. Uh, there was a, apparently, one person was running away. They said he's one of the gunmen. And two can't see Chiefs fans decided, okay, we'll take some bitch out. So they tackled him. When they tackled him, his gun fell either from his hand or out of his coat uh, sleeves. He might have had it hidden in there, they think. Anyway, they tackled him, subdued him until the police got there. Um, there. So it was not just a few shots. It was a gun battle, what it sounded like, at least the video I've seen. Oh, so it um, wasn't just somebody out there. It was, it was gangs or something. It could have been gangs. Now, knowing being from Kansas City, if Union Station looks really good, Crown Center's there, it's a big mall thing, it's very nice. But if you go over just three blocks the other way, it isn't exactly the best neighborhood. Um, so it wouldn't be out of the realm that this could be gang-related, I don't know. Uh, it didn't It's. It didn't seem like they were trying to shoot in the crowd. They might have been shooting at each other. It sounded like a gun battle, not somebody trying to take people out with a manifesto or something like that. So the three people in custody uh, were not the ones to tackle. I thought you were going to say tackle the wrong guy. They got the right guy, so they, they were heroes. They, they think they do. I mean, I don't know this is for the war stuff, but it was a guy running away with a gun. We know that. They got tackled by yeah, there's video of that. guns, by the way. What's that? I couldn't say what you said. I talked over you. What did you say? In just the last sentence. The last sentence was they were tackled. A guy with a, running away with a gun was tackled by two guys without guns. So. Okay, I thought you were uh, saying that he had a gun, a big gun, or something. I didn't. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, the prayers for the people there. I mean, what a way to destroy it. You know, I remember that we we when Tech was trying to move from you know, the other school side schools of football with with McNeese and tried to play with the big boys, which obviously it's never been a complete transfer to playing against the OUs and the LSUs of the world. But when we were trying to make that move, the big thing was to try to get into a bowl game. and didn't have any back bowl games back then. So we had to beat Colorado State. They were ranked in top 15 or something like that. If we beat them, we were going to go to a bowl game. So we did. We beat them. And 
we charged the field like people do, and they got up on the goalpost. Back then, they had those metal goalposts. They bent it down, and it hit a guy on the head, and it busted his head wide open, and it ended the celebration. And so, <laughs> so I look at it like that's what this was. Probably not quite that bad, but my goodness, can't you just go celebrate your team's win without that kind of nonsense? You know. You'd think so. The, the Super Bowl before, it went off without a hitch. It was real good. It was televised. Right. Oh, no. I don't think this is Kansas City. Not at all. I think it's just bad people. No, I, I don't think Kansas City's. I've been through Kansas and stayed in Kansas City several times, and I like that. I don't, I don't think it's dangerous at all. No. Not at all. How far is it from where that happened? How far is that from where you stay when you go up there? 30 minutes. Okay, quite a bit. Where you stay is awesome. I mean, that's a that's a beautiful place. All right. Well, that's that's that. You know, and real quick before we we move into the real technology thing, this kind of fits. But I thought about it this morning. I have a running joke going that all right. I haven't used. I haven't bought a razor for years and years now from a store. I used to get a Gillette, and you'd go and you'd have to buy it. And then they started locking it up where you couldn't get to it. You'd have to call someone over to get the get the razors and the blades and all that stuff. So they came out with this Dollar Shave Club, and I started using it, and it's good. You know, it, they're cheap. They're, they're more than a dollar now, but but that's because of Biden, not because of the razor company, despite what Biden says. The, there's fewer yeah. chips in the bag, not because of of the – that's what the chip companies want to do. It's because of the inflation. They can't put as many in there. It's still like money. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I've always laughed that that, that – First of all, I was glad to quit using them because Gillette, remember, they went into this hate men type thing. Remember that? How yeah. men need to apologize. Right. Yeah. And and so I vowed I would never buy another Gillette. But I, by that time, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't using them. Already. I'm pretty sure I was already on this dollar shave because it's so convenient. You know, is there, there they come. You know, you can get the, you get them. Well, the funny thing about them was is that every now and then you'd get a blade and it would last two, three months. And I know, I absolutely know that that, that meant that it got past quality control, that they were supposed to get <laughs> not supposed to last that long. Right up a little bit, yeah. <laughs> That's the technology side of this thing, is that you got quality control and still ever now in a blade that'll last more than a week. Well, you know, but I, I will be honest with you, I don't complain that they're trying to keep those blades from lasting them, because they would go out of business. If they could make a razor that would last uh, two, three months, they wouldn't sell enough of them to, to stay in business until they got to make it where they go bad. But I'm okay with that because the Gillette one, if you, I don't know if you remember what it was like with those Gillette razors. I don't know if you still use one or not, but you would, it would give you razor burns. They would, there's something, there would be something wrong with it. I didn't like them. I don't, I don't have that problem with these razors and these blades, these blades. And so I don't know, just wanted to laugh because. I, I got one this morning. This lasted all, over a month now. So this is one of them that got past quality control. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> I bet you whoever let that thing through got fired. Probably so. <laughs> well, at least I thought that was funny. All right. So we there's a lot that Glenn, it, this, there's no way we can get to it all. Um, I'm going to start with the one that that's closest to home to me, and that's AI. Um, I I I have definitely adopted and using AI in my practice. I'm learning. You cannot again. I want to say this over and over again. You cannot 
depend on it to even do research right. But I can tell you this, if you will take this, take that information, you can get a general knowledge of almost anything and then you know what to search for. And then it's up to you to, to verify that the search, the stuff you search, you know, it's, it's just, it's up yeah. to you to get it right. And, and AI is a great tool. I'm going to tell you right now, it's so far from being human intelligence. It's not even funny. I'm not, I'm not even halfway worried about it taking over my job at this point. However, let's talk about this. You, what, what you said was that some people are going to get memory. Explain what you're talking well, about. Well, chat GTP four, or maybe you'll call it five. I'm not sure, but it's going to, they're going to give it some limited amount of memory before. If you have a conversation, it just goes away. Um, now, it will have the ability to remember certain conversations for a certain period of time. Well, um, well I'm, I'm one of them. I, they let me save my conversations. Not save, remember. Remember, they remember. Just, they remember. Yours remember. Chat GPT four remembers your conversations currently. If I yes, if I if I have the same. Once you log out and log back in, it remembers. Yep. Hmm. That's yeah, why it has, that's it what, has a th deal where there's a session and you can see what the title or the beginning words of your, your initial search was for that session. And you can continue with that same session and it remembers the history of what you've done in that session or you can start a new session. Right. So I can go back and look in my history the past month of the, say, 15 times I've used ChatGPT and I can pick up where I left off and it remembers that session. Yep. But I think what Glenn's talking about is a perpetual um, that that mem remembers through multiple sessions a history of. Your oh, okay, yeah, okay, it's so, a little different. Okay, I, I get I maybe get you. All right, so if I have client one that I'm using, and then I go to client two, it's not going to remember client one when I'm talking about client two. It's not going that it's, it's going to be completely oblivious of that other conversation. Correct. I like that though, and I give you the. And I get, kind of gave you that reason this morning. If if chat any of them, I use all four of them because they all four give you different things that are good that, that they have good about them. And so, but but when I use one, and by the way, my clients must agree for me to use it before I use it. I won't use it on a client if they don't say it's okay. That makes a sign something saying it's okay that I that I get on AI. But anyway. Um, this is this is what I what, what I've noticed that if if that artificial intelligence gets into its figurative head that something is a certain way you have got to reset it or it'll never let it go. For instance, if I think if if I say that um, that, that that a certain drug needs to be taken at night. And the first time I said it, I said, the doctor prescribed at night, night uh, this drug. Well, then it gets in his head that the doctor did it at night. At nighttime, sometime in the night, the doctor prescribed that medicine instead of the doctor prescribed medicine to be taken at night. It won't let it go. It, it, even though it was just a, you know, because I don't think I've got to write that precise to AI. Sometimes I'll say something and it'll get in his head. So you got to go back and say, look, forget the last eight responses and inputs from me and let's start over so it, it gets a context or a premise incorrect between your ability to steer it or it just misunderstanding and then you have to erase it in order to get that yeah. back on track and, or, and it's useless until you do yeah 
so so anyway uh i'm not sure why i brought that up now but that's that 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 is a, a phenomenon that i've noticed that you have with that so i would not well, that's what it is i would not really necessarily want it to cross over conversation because it, it would over it would overwhelm it and i know it will overwhelm it it can only handle maybe three paragraphs at a time it cannot handle much much more than that well, if uh, if some users get to have this memory, would that help Joe Biden during yeah. his, uh, his yeah. interviews? Teleprompters. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Well, what, what, do you, um, Dwayne, you said that that, that 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 prompted something in your mind about AI. Yeah, yeah. So we were talking, and you said, you know, before you go bug the IT person to just reboot the computer. Yeah. And, and you were talking about that this this is similar in AI when it gets on a wrong track. We were also talking about computers when they misbehave, something's not working right. Just reboot it first, because if you don't, the IT person that's the first thing they ask is right. reboot it. And then it's like take two aspirin, then call me in the morning. Well, you know what pisses me off about you IT guys? No matter how many times <laughs> I tell you I've already rebooted, you make it good again. Because <laughs> we don't, we we just yeah, wonder. Right. We just wonder if a second reboot will help better, or we don't believe you. <laughs> and what's, what really pisses me off is that sometimes <laughs> that second reboot works. <laughs> and it makes you look like a liar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the, here's the parallel. So I was watching um, in our comrades chat, somebody posted the interview by Waters um, to leave. And talking about the uh, rabbit hole goes even deeper with the whole spying on Trump. I mean, we knew he spot, they, spot, uh, they spied on Trump, but now it's coming out that even the Russian hoax, even though we know it was started by the Hillary campaign folks, that it was actually the CIA that told other foreign intelligence agencies Hey, here's 26 people to target. See if you can make some stuff up and send us info on legit channels so that it looks like it was started outside of our country and we open investigations on these people. So the rabbit hole is going deeper and deeper and deeper into all this stuff and, and wider. And we were talking about how to fix something like that. And I really think this is where we comes into play. I don't know that we've got to do away with having a foreign intelligence service and a Bureau of Investigations, but at some point we have to reboot it. The operating system, the software, the stack of the way everything works and communicates can get so screwed up, just like AI, when it gets on a wrong, false track, false context. And I think that's what we're going to have to do is totally reboot not just eliminate permanently, but maybe eliminate temporarily and restart with trying to put more fail-safe um, scope of work and protections in place so that these three-letter bureaus don't get so far off track of providing services to the American people instead of attacking Americans. Okay. All right. yeah. I like the analogy. Love it. It's a good point. It's going to be a good analogy that we could use here. I'll say this, too, though. There are reboots and there are reboots there are times that i've asked an it guy has asked me to do a cold boot reboot meaning that i let it stay off for several minutes because apparently exactly. capacitors can hold energy and some things get saved if you don't 
let those capacitors de- discharge. I, I, that's that's my best expert. So yep. so so what I guess what I would like to do is unplug every federal building, every federal computer, every body for at least uh, two months to make sure that those capacitors have drained all of their energy and then fire the people that are there currently. Yep. You know, so I wholeheartedly agree, uh, agree when they were talking about, you know, defund and decommission police and reimagine policing. Well, that's really what needs to happen at the federal government level. I can't argue with you. I like it. I love that analogy. And then uh, that leads us into there was a um, another news article that Glenn brought up. What, what's this about Sam Altman? Sam Altman is uh, the founder of Open AI and uh, considered one of the luminaries in the AI world and programming and everything. And so Illuminati, is, you said? I say what? Did you say Illuminati? Illuminary. Oh. Not Illuminati. Illuminary. <laughs> anyway, uh, he has said he's starting to raise money for AI super chips. He's pretty sure it would take about $7 trillion to make these chips and develop them. Uh, and he's going about getting those $7 trillion. And he has, according to him, quite a few people interested in funding it. So, and what will that's it, what he and what will it do? To go. What will it do? Well, I don't know. I mean, it'll make AI, you know, he's very vague about that. But he says it's a super chip that's even better than the current chips they're using to uh, move forward, you know, the AI, you know, as it gets better every day. So I have I have a metaphor for that, and I, I think I kind of understand this a little bit. So I I I was lucky to be mature enough to understand what was going on in the nineties um, as we saw the networking technologies. There was three competing technologies. One of them won the battle. It's called Ethernet over ArcNet and IBM's token ring. Ethernet won the battle. And that networking that was done at a um, real low-level cable and repeater level worked up to bridges, smart multi-port bridges, and then Ethernet switches. And what we know today, everybody has Ethernet switches built into a device at their house or their office. So they're familiar with the term Ethernet and switch now. But before that, there was technologies that was based in software alone, and the network moved much slower because it was software driven. And what happened was we took that, those algorithms, those formulas that were coded in the software and we took it away from software and we sketched in silicone hardware on chips that perform the same function, but at lightning speed, like thousands of times faster. And so we produced these chips and we made these devices cheaper and cheaper and cheaper to where now you can go get you an Ethernet switch for literally 20, 40, 60 bucks at Walmart or Best Buy or, or Office Depot or something. But that same device with that same capability in the late 90s literally cost you $1,800 or more. Yep. And it was a giant appliance with software that was on it. 
So I think these AI super chips are going to be taking some of these neural network um, algorithms that AI is harnessing, and it's going to encode it into the silicon chip and make it work at lightning speeds, low power, much cheaper, so that we can actually process that data on even our smartphones and our PCs rather than be connected to the Internet all the time and depend upon a big bank of computers somewhere consuming half of the Mississippi River's water supply every time we want to do a um, query on AI. I think I get you. I think I get you. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's... Now you see, see why the large money is needed to build um, silicon producing, but also the engineers to fabricate. They have to design the circuitry, and then they have to beta test it, and then they got to mass produce it. I, I don't know what. Yeah. To, I don't know what to say. <laughs> That's what he did with his morning the other morning. Anyway, uh, you know, I got up and scratched. He did that. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a trillion dollars. I mean, when you would have thought of something done privately with a trillion dollars, you know, I. I I didn't mean to this. We didn't talk about this, but it's technology. They are going after they being the commies going after um, Elon Musk. I mean, this this taking that fifty five million dollar salary that was his, and you know what he was going to do? He was going to pour it back into his billion. Billion. I mean, he was going to pour that back into his companies. It wasn't like he was just going to go out there and and blow That's it. Why they stopped it. Blow it on nose rings. I'm sure he was spun up more companies in different avenues that all intersect. Yeah. And, and and they're after him. You know, by the way, we're starting up the podcast. I need to get this out, podcast, podcast to get this out of the way. You know, Dwayne made a good point that I got to be careful about calling everybody a commie and saying, hey, if I have this test, that they're not, then they're, I'm going to call them commie. I, I've decided in, a result, in response to that, I talked about it yesterday after the, the, the C-15. Um, I'm going to say it this way, Dwayne, that you're not necessarily really a commie if you did not contest that election. But I'm going to say this, that if you make your money in politics, whether as a politician or commenting on it, and you have not, have not publicly stated that the election was stolen, then there is a presumption that you're on the other side. It's a presumption. You've got to presume it until that person overcomes it. I think that, that Tucker Carlson may be getting very close through convincing me. I'm not 100% convinced yet. I need something really big to happen to see how he responds. Something really big, something we need that voice to say the right thing. And if he does it again, then I'm not going to ever trust him again. But he was at Fox. His employer told him, supposedly told him, do it. And he did it. I can forgive somebody for that because he has he has come out recently and said that the election was stolen. Hasn't he? Or has he? Well, you got a stolen or rigged, uh, you know. Well, you nobody's know there. Very, very that. dogmatic about stolen and rigged being totally different. I, they are, because I'm not. I, I don't see a difference. I don't know why they're saying it. I don't yeah, rigged has a nuance to it. Rigged has doesn't go into whether the machines were rigged. Okay, now, uh, in other words, designed to change votes. That's where. The media, and I don't, they're evil sons of bitches, don't get me wrong, but they focus, well, you think those machines are rigged, or you think those machines didn't get, get, 
count the votes, blah, blah, blah. We recounted the votes, the same ones that were probably, you know, uh, we recounted ballots that we already knew were wrong. Um, so Tucker has come out against mail-in ballots being a big part of what happened in the election. And I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I think I've heard him say that. That uh, you know, he, But he puts it in this kind of way. Of course, we wouldn't have any problems with expanding mail-in ballots so much if they were unsolicited. Of course, we wouldn't have those problems. That's the kind of way he couched it. He didn't say it was stolen. He said, you know, you know, he kind of puts it out there. I don't have any, you know, kind of a, I don't have evidence. However, how can you see this as not being rigged? And that's the difference in rigged. Rigging require is stacking the deck. Yeah, stacking the deck in more than one area in the media and the uh, sending out extra ballots and soliciting people to vote. And then sometimes there is even some talk, but no one's brought one of these forward that, you know, there was a ballot filled in for somebody and you just go drop this off. You know, they All send right. them to people. I, I got to yeah, stop, you. stop you. And, and you can't have, you got to do it really succinctly for me. Here. What does stolen mean to you? A stolen election? Violated the law. Yes. And, and you have to have a court rule, so. Even oh, no, 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 I won't go there. I won't go there. I, you could have a, a referee cheat and the NFL say we're going to the game stick. It's still stolen. It was, it, was, it was rigged. It was stolen. All right. Now, so so what you're saying is that when I say stolen, that it was done by a violation of the law. And they're saying rigged right. is no, it was rigged using the law. It's it, legal. It was made legal. Okay, I don't agree with it. It was made legal behind our backs by basically one lawyer. <laughs> okay, well, and no. he went around made it legal after 2016 to have this expansion of mail-in ballots, and that we need to use this type of machine, and 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 on and on and on. And so he and he was a Democratic operative. I forget his name right now because of course I forget his name when I need it. There's um, no such thing as legally rigging. All. That's 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 an oxymoron. Okay, you can well, they did it. They, no, no, they did it illegally. Games. They just they just haven't been punished, and they haven't allowed us to prove it. That's not that's not that's not. That's it. They haven't allowed us to prove it. So so the only difference between rigged and, and stolen is is that you finally get you finally get a court of, of a law to approve to say that yes. that was uh, that's that's ridiculous. If that was they're saying, then I don't then I then I got to go back and. And say these people who are saying it's rigged are wrong. It was stolen. It was illegally stolen. You cannot tell me that all of a sudden. James, it was not illegally. Okay, I'm just going to push back a little bit here. If you make it legal to vote by mail in a most an unverifiable way, it's legal, right? But it's not legal to to draw ballots up and make fake ballots. That's illegal. So in Pennsylvania, that's that's what they did. Yeah, those are the trees that fell in the woods that supposedly nobody heard. Well, it's there. That's what I'm trying to say. They did illegal things with that new law. So it made it easier to cheat. It made it easier to lie. It made it easier to steal. It made it, but they they didn't cover up those 
windows in Detroit to have a prayer vigil. That wasn't what that was about. Agreed. I'm with you, James. I'm not saying that it wasn't taken away from Donald Trump. I'm not saying that. No, 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 no. I'm saying the law was broken or it could not have been successfully rigged. They had to break the law to rig it. That's it. I want to bring up another analogy and circle back to one of the first things you said this morning. You said that you have to know AI hallucinates and lies, but you can still use it. I'm going to turn that around and say, even useful idiots can be useful. So they've been gaslighting the whole time about the, the election was not stolen. It was not illegal because they have gaslighted everybody. And so now there's people in different industries and in different careers that feel like they have to walk this narrow path because if they jump the fence and say it was illegally stolen, they're sunk in their career. And so they're trying to find ways to say it was without saying it was and walk that fine line and say it was loopholes, kind of like there's loopholes in the tax law that says, I don't have to pay taxes on my $10 million I made this year. Then I I want to say this, Dwayne, I get get what Dwayne's saying too, but I'm going to vehemently disagree with their motive. This is the problem. The illegal aspect of this must be addressed Now, not in November, not even in October, we need to address the illegal aspect of it now so it can't be, quote, rigged again. They lied, they stole, they, they made up things, they got old people to sign papers. It was illegal, even under the current rules, it was illegal. It just made it easier to cheat. It would be like going a high school class having a test, and the teacher leave the room and say, I'll be back in three hours. There is going to be massive cheating on that test. Yes, and everything that the Democrats have done and did up to leading up to that election, it was like 70-something lawsuits that they filed. Every one of them was to allow more wiggle rooms for cheating. None of it tightened up and ensure voter integrity. All of it was to make it as loose, loosey-goosey and as sloppy as possible. That's their, their goal is to allow as much cheating that you can get away with. And on the conservative right, it's supposedly taking away people's rights, not counting every vote, because they want integrity. So that's how they message uh, desire for integrity in elections. Okay. Matter of fact, if you remember Barack Obama's first target when he got into office was going after um what was it called the lady in charge of that um thing in texas called uh right uh free the vote um true the vote that organization the irs refused to give them the the non-profit status and that opened up that whole irs shenanigans right. with Lois Lerner. Right. And they were busted and it didn't matter. That's all right. So I'm good. I love your analogy on we need. Uh, yeah. But I will tell you this. I don't think we need the federal government. I really don't. You know, the military, that's it. We don't need them. Well, if Elon, says that he, could, if Elon says he could do without 
of the Twitter employees. He said, what did he say? It turns out you don't need 80% of the people that were here to run Twitter. I promise you it's higher than that in the federal government. Yeah. So, so all right. So what we came out of this, to, to finish this side of the discussion, I, it, it, you've explained to me what the difference is between rigged and stolen, meaning that rigged was done playing under new rules that were legal but wrong. I, I, I then I vehemently disagree with anybody who will not it, it will not publicly acknowledge that illegal activities are what caused that successful rigging of the election. It yes. was done illegally. Period. Period. No word out. So if, if it was absolutely done unconstitutionally, U.S. Constitution. Well, State I mean, legislatures did not approve most of the changes that happened in those swing states. But that truck going from New York to Pennsylvania with all those votes that 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 changed that election—that was cheating. That was cheating. Mm-hmm. People don't. There weren't that many Pennsylvania mail-in ballots that were legally there. They were cheating. They were cheating. Mm-hmm. They were cheating when they turned off the when they when they stopped counting votes in Georgia, reached under that table and pulled out a whole bunch of ballots that weren't there before. And ran those things through multiple times. That was cheating. That was cheating. And if you're not going to willing be willing to admit there's cheating, you can't fix the problem. You got it. The only way we're going to fix this problem is to admit they cheated in the 2020 election. I mean, I, and, and I hope Trump gets that. I, I mean, I mean, he's smarter than I am. Assume he gets because he calls it still stolen. He doesn't have problems calling it stolen. <laughs> so anyway. I don't want to be a bad. Thank you guys. You did explain to me the difference between rigging and cheating because I didn't get it, but I get it now. And they're they're trying so, to say that it was they, they created new rules that were unconstitutional, even, but they played by the rules. Just you don't like the new yeah. rules. Did you see the the new they, order? Mark Elias was the lawyer that went around and did that, and um, he basically changed the rules beyond what we've ever ever done. It made cheating so, easy. Yeah, and unverifiable. Election system that you cannot audit. Yeah, we got to get rid of machines, guys. We got to get rid of machines and all mail in ballots, all of it, including military. Got to be stopped. Except speaking that. I was, of, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Speaking of cheating, did you see the article talking about now they anticipate 22 House seats are going to be controlled by all this illegal immigration? Here's the problem. We've had this discussion now for two decades with Big Jim, with Scott Killen was big on this conversation back even when the Bushes were in. We were discussing this. This now this I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and say that this what happened in this last year is unprecedented. Well, under last four years, really under Biden, where they were encouraging. But what we've noticed over time with the Hispanics coming over here is it is true that mo- if, if they were 40 years or older when they got here, they weren't probably, many, not many of them were going to learn English. They, they were here to get away, though, from something bad. That's the reason they came. There was a real reason they were willing to swim the river or to do whatever they had to do to get here, run through coyotes or whatever. They did what they had to do to get here. They were coming here to work. That was their reason for coming. And so we realized that what would happen is, is within a generation, they were Republicans. So it was backfiring on the Democrats. It was that, and I know that. I know of, a, of every single Hispanic 
that I know has come here illegally in Ruston, every one of them are voted Republican now, have become a citizen. Every one of them. Um, and so, so that's what I thought. But now this right here, aren't these people aren't coming over here for, for that. They're coming for a different reason. So I agree with you, Dwayne. This is this is this might work for the Democrats. The other wasn't working. It, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't helping. That Texas wasn't turning blue. Texas was turning redder. And it was because the, the, the Hispanics that came here and became legal, became Republicans. But if you're going to let everybody vote, whether they're a citizen or not, um, it's going to change some elections. Well, that's that's the rules. See, if you show up somewhere to vote, it doesn't matter what your driver's license or ID, whether you have one or not. But if you show up to vote and you insist on voting, they the Democrats have made most areas, most states, accept laws and rules and policies that says you go ahead and vote. We'll put your vote aside and it it will be um, one of those votes we may or may not count depending upon if if we need it to count (laughs) and if we can verify this or not verify. You know, it's one of those contingent votes. And Barack Obama got caught being interviewed telling people you're here and you're not a documented citizen. Go vote. They're not going to turn you away. Go ahead and try to vote. He's telling all these illegals to go ahead and show up and vote. You're not going to be deported. You're not going to go to jail. You're not going to get in trouble. Just go ahead and try to vote. That's some crap. That's a, that is as much crap as whenever he said, uh, stood, up, stood up there as president and said, you know, nobody ever died from marijuana overdose. We've got people going psychosis and turning into mass shooters because of an overdose of THC. Maybe laced with something else, too. But he is one of the most irresponsible presidents I think I've ever seen when I go back and look at some of the things that he's told the public. Oh, that was the biggest, biggest thing that Big Jim and I would argue about is is that I told him, uh, you know, I I stuck with it. Now, he, he was not. A, a fan of everything Barack Obama did, but he didn't think he was as evil as I did. I thought Barack Obama was evil. But so I'm going to tell you something. The most evil, in my opinion, president in my lifetime was George W. Because he was supposed to be protecting us, and he made it worse. Well, I'll tell you one little story Big Jim and I had behind the scenes. He, We were debating over Barack Obama, and he come and turned to me, and I felt like he probably did this with you guys first, tried it on you first, and then he tried on me in private. He said, Dwayne, you tell me, you name one thing that Barack Obama has personally done to you to make you dislike him so much. And I said, I'll tell you, he's curbed my Second Amendment right. And Big Jim, which just got red in the face, how? And then I explained to him how. He was silent. For five minutes, he couldn't talk. He tried and tried to figure out how to come back with that, with a counter um, against that. He couldn't do it. He says, you know, you may be right. So I think I finally broke to him. Barack Obama wasn't this perfect person. There was a lot of a lot of faults in that. You know, you know, I had that same conversation with him, and I got to preface this to tell you I was trying to get him angry. It was fun to get him angry, and he said, "What has he ever done to you?" And I said, "He's black." Because <laughs> 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 I knew that's what he was looking for. He was trying yeah. to say that I didn't like him because he was black, and that has nothing to do with it. I mean, if Thomas Sowell were president, I would be all 100% behind him. 
<laughs> you know, I like Justice Thomas. I have nothing to do with black. Blackness has nothing to do with it. It has, it has something to do with being a communist liberal or anti-2A, which is all the same thing. But yeah, so it was, he, he was a great man. But that he, he definitely wanted a society that did not vote on the basis of skin color. That's really what he was trying to say. And, yeah. and that he worked up in Marion and he, he felt like there was a bunch of red neck. Remember that? He'd always, he'd always use it. He'd get down and talk like that when he was talking about him. And he would say they couldn't give you a reason why they didn't like Barack Obama other than he was black. And I was going like, no, sir, surely you're not bunching me in there with them. And I don't even know if that's true. I don't even know if the, what he's saying is true because they may not be able to express why. But what we don't want is somebody cur curbs our constitutional rights, including the Second Amendment. What, what argument did you give to him about the Second Amendment? Um, well, I, I had a, um, while I was in North Carolina, I was trying to get credit for a year that I had my son living with me up there in a child support court. And I went up there and they were arguing with me. And so I come back down and, uh, to Louisiana where they were enforcing it through, um, uh, reciprocating rules between the states. So they were getting Louisiana enforced child support down here. And I was arguing about it with them up there. Well, they sent me a, uh, a notice to appear up there for that hearing. And what's true is I've been a resident down here for a decade. They can't force me to show back up up there. They have to use the other mechanism. They register with Louisiana to enforce it. And there's a way, there's a process for that. I knew what the process was, and I was trying to force them to do it. Well, they just issued um, a failure to appear up there as if they had jurisdiction to compel me to show up up there 850 miles away. And Barack Obama, how I found this out is I went to go purchase uh, um, uh, a new uh, 22 rifle for my kids to, to use to target practice and scouting and all. And they told me that I failed the background check, even though, you know, a couple of years earlier, I bought one and it worked. And I didn't understand why. And they gave me a code and I had to research really hard to figure out what it was. Barack Obama's Justice Department decided to redefine fugitive of justice to not just those who have a failure to appear for criminal or, or evading justice from, from crimes, but also in civil court, a civil failure to appear is now classified as a fugitive from justice and wow. grounds to not allow you to purchase or acquire a new firearm that has a background check. Wow. And and I, that pissed me off. I did not understand how that they can reinterpret that in that way. That was a really secret, under-the-radar thing you never heard in national news. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you were able to make it personal. <laughs> it made it personal to me. And when I said that, that just shut him up. Wow. Because he, he, he he's a definite, you know, he had lots of firearms. He, he enjoyed that Second Amendment right. Mm -hmm. He knew that would piss him off. Too. I have one of his rifles hanging up on my wall. Yep. So, wow. Well, Glenn, we have cut into a lot of your time. You're going to have to start doing a Reader's Digest version of some of this technology stuff you want to talk about. Okay, I'll talk about a little bit more technology. Let's talk about the fact that the first private lunar lander was uh successfully launched and separated from the uh, modified Falcon 9 rocket and is on its way to the moon. Who owns the Falcon 9? Well, Elon's SpaceX. So, 
That's what I was at. They launched it for. But the uh, company is named... What's their name? Goodness, sorry. Uh, Intuitive Machines is the one who built the lunar lander that is going to uh, basically kind of look at show, saying it's an open source uh, moon platform. Uh, they they want to you know bring moon technology or the things about the moon uh, to the people. They say, uh, and it, it was a pretty complicated uh, particular thing because they used cryogenic uh, frozen oxygen and helium, oxygen, not helium, oxygen and nitrogen. Anyway, rocket fuel that you had, they had to, because it can get warmer and when it gets warmer, it doesn't work really. They had to keep it cryogenically frozen. So they had to fuel it cryogenically while it was on, stacked on the Falcon 9, which turns out to be pretty complex uh, process. And they successfully did that. Uh, SpaceX. So, uh, you know, they, you've got this little rocket that's going to be there in three days opposed to four months with another type of fuel system. All right. So, whose lunar lander is it? It is the lunar lander of Intuitive Machines, a private company. You don't know who that is and who owns it? That's the name. Of, no, I don't know. Who I was just curious. Intuitive. I was just curious who had the. Who had the wherewithal and the desire to go land something on the moon? That's that's pretty amazing. I'd like to know who the person is behind. Not that it was necessary you knew that, but I find that fascinating that we're sending up private because Japan Japan just tried to put one up there and it didn't work, right? They landed something on there and it landed on his belly or something back. Landed wrong place, I think. I don't know that it. I don't know. Might have landed on the wrong place. It seemed like to me Dwayne said it landed on his back like one of those roaches. That that's what I heard. Was yeah. It? Was landed up, it flipped upside down or something. But there's a private company that that got launched by a private company, and this is going to send something to the moon, and it's going to land there. That's 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 pretty big news. And <laughs> that's the, not private, little bitty news. That's and the, huge. News. And, and the private company that launched it gave the middle finger to Delaware. Yes, he did, didn't he? Yeah, he incorporated in Texas. <laughs> Elon incorporated SpaceX in Texas out of Delaware and has has told everyone uh, who has something incorporated in Delaware, you should really move it to Texas. And that was because Delaware turned into Marxists and said, we don't like how your pay is structured. Oh, it's amazing that to me, to me, that was uh, I can't I can't. It's going to destroy that industry in Delaware. Delaware has always been known for being able to set up and handle corporate disputes, and now that's happened. Of course, it's going to get appealed. Um, I, but I can't, I can't imagine there being a way that a court could go in and say this person has three shares, and um, this person can challenge the pay structure of the CEO. I, I can't, I can't even imagine. I, 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 that to me is beyond any. That's that's lawfare. You know? Yeah. When somebody says you make too much money and we want to legally be able to do something about it, that just means they're jealous. Yeah, you know, and I and I'm not one of those who says history repeats itself, but you can learn from it. And you know, we, we I don't know how many people understand the distinction between you know Periclean Athens and then the Athens right before Philip and Alexander the Great, which were really Macedonian. Uh, 
the fall of Athens wasn't that I don't believe that, that they lost Syracuse and the things that you, you see uh, so often said in you know brief histories of that country or that that city state. What they don't tell you is that right before Philip and Alexander started making their move on Athens Athenian hegemony, they had become just what you described. They started voting people's money out of one person. And they were taking money away from the rich people. And they were creating a problem with being able to amass the, the resources necessary to have trade all over the Mediterranean because Athens could not feed itself. It needed, it needed to trade. And they were mastered, masters at the shipping and the trading. And they started punishing people with wealth. Well, how are you going to fight a war if you don't have wealthy people to, to keep a navy going? You know what I'm saying? And that's how come I got beat. You can't you can't confiscate people's wealth. It doesn't work. Well, you can only do it to a point. And then beyond some point, you get diminished returns. Right. And the thing just falls off the cliff. That's what Atlas Shrugged tells us. Oh, right? I, 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 I love that, that, that analogy. I've never read the book. I've seen attempts at making movies on it. They were weak, but you got the point. Exactly. You know, those trains colliding in that movie, you're not ever going to forget that. You fired the people that knew how to run the trains, or you chased them off. Because that's what happened after the struggle. They, they all left, right? The people who were competent left because they were being punished for being for being excellent, which is what's exactly what's happening with Elon Musk. And I'll tell you, Elon Musk will, will, will go to his own island if that's He's not going to put up with this crap. So what I had I, a my, microcosm of that. I had a business that I started with um, – uh, two other partners. One was my dad and one was a, another guy that was a friend of my dad. And we all in, incorporated and run a business. And I was the primary technician behind the, the scene, my dad to a lesser extent. And uh, I trained him a lot and he knew some stuff. And then the other guy was more of a salesperson. He didn't really bring a lot of technical skills. So he was mostly getting a check off off of our backs and it was okay to a point but then after a while it got to be where he was doing so little work and coming in so seldom we told him you got to buy or sell and he said i don't have to buy and i don't have to sell and uh, i was ready to walk and my dad talked me into staying a little longer a few more years gonna have his house paid off and whatnot so i did finally them two got sideways with one another my dad said okay it's time to go we packed up and left we tried to buy the other guy out. We had already bought half his business out to come into the business, and we paid way too much. So we, we done bought everything once, and we were willing to pay him something to just stay in El Dorado, and we'll take over the business and buy out the other half of it and overpay for it again just to settle the dispute. <clears throat> nope. So we walked. Most of the business come with us. And within just a few months, the business imploded. We tried to hire a couple morons. And they just destroyed what was left of the business, and he had to fold up. And it just—it's a microcosm of what Marxism does. It feeds like a leech off of those who produce until there's nothing left, and so they're constantly looking for capitalism. Because that's the source of their revenue, but then they, if you left unchecked, they destroy it in the end. They right. destroy themselves. Right. Eat, 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 they start and, and and they will eat their own. Now, that showed in, in in the Russian Revolution. 
Nelly Throne. All right. Yep. Now, now, yeah. And now I'm going to read that book and it's not, it's never, it's never because I don't have time. I don't have a copy of Atlas Rug. And so I keep thinking I'm going to order it, but I think about it when I can't order it. It's like right now I'm thinking about ordering. But the movie that I saw, and I did see all of a movie and it was not, and it was like it was not, it didn't finish the book. But basically if the book is what true to, I mean, if the movie's true to the book, basically it has not read it or heard about Atlas Shrugged. The premise is that the American economy or the economy period is, is being, uh, is, is, is such that they are not rewarding excellence. So they, they tax you too much. They regulate you too much. They do things that make somebody like Elon Musk say, don't want to stay here anymore. And so these people would start disappearing. So if you were a concert pianist, you'd leave. If you were, if you were a entrepreneur and you created a, a speed rail train, you would leave. You wouldn't stay anymore. And so then the competent people left and it was left with incompetent people to run things and trains started running into each other, started becoming a mess. That's to me, the world shrugged. I guess that's what Atlas means as Atlas, you know, what are you going to do? And so apparently they were, you don't, the movie, the one I saw ended, you don't know what exactly what's going on, except that they were creating a new society somewhere, but I never did, I never did follow up on it. So Colorado. what's that? In the book, it's about Colorado. Oh, Colorado, Colorado boy. The new society was created, which is ironic now. Yeah, it's but, ironic. But here's the thing that 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 I'm saying: Delaware just saw Atlas Shrugged. She just yep. lost. She just lost uh, uh, Elon Musk. That's a big thing. Then and then New York. If this thing upholds, where Trump is hit with three hundred sixty million dollar fine and cannot do business. In New York again, I don't know anybody who's going to want to go get a loan and do something in New York. Atlas is going to shrug. Everybody's going to leave New York. All right. Which leads me with this last, we're in the speed 15 now, which leads me to say this, that I, I think it was off the podcast. It might've been on the podcast. I think it was off the podcast. I said to Glenn, I think that we're going to split. I don't think that the United States can hold together anymore. I think it's going to be an Atlas Shrug type of thing. We're going to leave. We're going to leave. We're going to leave. And they're going to say, well, we want your money anyway. And we're going to say, no, I don't think there's going to be shots fired. I think it's just going to happen. I don't see how we'll we can see. stay together. We will see. Well, Dwayne, you, you be the referee. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it can happen without shots fired. There's too many emotions highly charged on both sides of the fence. People will not act rationally. How can we stay in a country that did what Delaware did to Elon? How can we stay associated with them? Or How- with a with a with a state like New York that says, right. uh, we just want to say that you're you're unfair, even though our charge against unfair is unfair, and so we're just going to put you out of business and say you don't have a right to make a living. I mean, that's basically what what they're trying to say is. Donald Trump, you and your family don't have a right to make a living anymore. You can't have a business anymore. Right. That's right. so unconstitutional to its heart. If ever you could read between the lines and find the right to an abortion in the Constitution, in the Constitution my God, you can find the right to exist and live and have a business. Right to pursue happiness is something I thought was American. Uh, you know, I, yeah. but, but that, I don't see how we can continue to live with it. I don't see how – see, I don't even – 
I guess the reset that you're talking about is that we need to reboot it. But that's what they're wanting to do anyway. That's what they want. They want to reboot. But I don't want to reboot reboot the whole economy. I don't want to reboot everything. I like Texas and Louisiana. I'm going to say this again. If you take that sewer hole called New Orleans and throw it out, Louisiana is as conservative as Texas. It's as productive as Texas. We just we we're we're drugged down by that sewer hole. Yep. And and so so what I want is to be left alone. That's the that's the thing that I can't emphasize enough. Just leave me alone. I don't want your help government i would rather Dwayne's and glenn's help because we help each other but we get to choose to do that i don't want somebody to tell me they got to come anyway all right we got we got to we got to move on glenn what's another one okay well we can uh talk about nvidia being at the world's government conference in dubai what is nvidia ahead huh what's nvidia okay nvidia is a company originally they uh Dwayne could probably fill in the blanks that I don't know here, but originally they had uh, they were very good at making uh, graphic user cards. In other words, graphic cards that ran PCs, computers of all kinds, yeah. and they made chips for that. Well, the AI revolution started to happen, and one of the things they needed was a certain type of chip that runs very fast, very quite a few calculations, and it turned out graphic cards had those chips in them. And NVIDIA being somewhat of a leader, I think one of the leaders in making these chips, uh, they were poised during the AI revolution to go from a company of, I think, less than 100 million uh, to a company of over, that's bigger than, than Amazon right now. Market cap wise, uh, 1.7 trillion, I think. Um, in other words, they grew thousands of percent in about two to three years uh, from, you know, 2022 to now they've grown oh, about 300 percent. So they're, they're, they're the kind of the darlings of the AI world right now because they had the you know, basically, they knew how to make these chips that everybody wanted for AI. And so you had uh, the CEO, I know his last name is Wong, but that's it. Sorry, I don't remember his first name. He was Ramadama Vandernick. Probably his first name is not. Not Wong? Yeah. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> he, uh, he said a couple of things. That's a, funny. he thought that Sam Altman's uh, $7 trillion meeting was way more than he needed that he really you could do the whole thing for just two trillion uh, and uh he said that uh he was bringing out an ai that you could put natively on your computer your laptop and it wouldn't that. exist on the internet i would love that. and you would train it yourself uh, those are two things he kind of said that kind of shook up a lot of, well, didn't shake up, but kind of people noticed real quick. Uh, wow. You know, that's, that was blew some minds when he said that about they are bringing out a AI you can put on a computer. So, right, so, so you, the, your personal the, computer. when you started yeah. this out, then you said that this company was at WEF, World West, Economic West. Forum. And now you started it? I mean, no, it was not at the World Economic Forum, no. Where would you say it was? It was at, it, was at, it sounds similar, 
but he was at uh, the World Government Forum in Dubai. People's Judea Front. People's Front of Judea. Woohoo. Yeah. 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 Whatever. A little little, uh, Monty Python reference there. Um, Okay. um, (laughs) And he also brought up the conference concept of sovereign AI that each government would own their own AI. And it was the World Government Summit. That's what it was in Dubai. So. You know, Eric, I don't know if you said, did you say an interview about him speaking of Monty Python? Had an interview of him this week. Did you see that? No. Right. Hey. He said, everybody expects me to be rich. He said, we didn't get rich. <laughs> we're just regular old people. They think we're, at, we're loaded with money. We're not. And I did. I would say that. I thought, okay, Monty Python's popular as they are. They're probably millionaires. They're not. Did you know that? No. Mm-mm. I didn't either. I did not know that. So anyway, this all right. So the, the significance of what you're saying is that that is that world government organization, the WGO. What is the significance of being there? The significance is it's about just you know it says World Government Summit, okay, <laughs> which is uh, a nonprofit organization supposedly uh, <laughs> shaping the future of governments. That's their that's what they say. So you know that that doesn't sound like that could go wrong. Yeah. Here, here's a chip. It was hosted in the United Arab, Arab Emirates, by the way. Uh, and and so Dubai it, is where uh, Altman's trying to raise a lot of his money. Okay, so there so you go. I'm getting it. Altman ties in with this this guy, this Wong guy. They got invited. Well, it's H U A N G. I, I mispronounced it. Of course, I'm terrible with the names. You know that. Hung. It's. Right. Uh, yeah, and I'll and I'll tie this back to the whole chip thing. So back in the beginning, in the late seventies, we had two um, Intel created two general purpose processing chips: the eighty eighty eight and the eighty eighty seven. They had an eighty eighty six also, and those. What was significant about those chips is they lasted a long time. They were general processing chips. They gave us our first personal computers. Um, and the 8087 was different from the 8088 and the 8086 in that it was a math coprocessor. What that means is it did floating point calculations in silicon super fast. The other two chips could do complex um, big numbers, small numbers with decimals, but it had to simulate it by writing software that run on the hardware chip that would do the math. It was much slower, and it was subject to imperfections from rounding very large and very small numbers. So the math coprocessor did it more efficiently and did it with less possibility of errors. And so how that evolved is later on, as the Intel chips and then AMD and the and the other um, competitors produce general processor chips for our PCs that made them faster and faster and faster. We either had built-in math coprocessors or we didn't need it because we could do it in software fast because the the computer uh, CPU was so fast. But what we did need fast as the graphic capabilities stepped up with more pixels on the screen and bigger pixels and more complicated graphics and all this 3D virtual reality stuff, we needed those 
math coprocessors, those floating point processor unit chips, but they had to be a uh, very special purpose and built into the video cards because they did all the graphics processing on that card. So it turns from having a math coprocessor built either to go alongside or built into the general processor to having a math coprocessor specifically for dealing with graphics on the graphics card. And that's where NVIDIA came into play. And they turned a lot of that software into silicon graphic hardware uh. that made them super fast. And that's the same thing they're talking about doing with AI, is taking the complex software in AI and putting it on silicone and burning it into hardware and you making know, cheap, fast chips. That that You know, that really does this, what you're talking about on this, taking it from software and put it into chips. I now see that. I see that our first computers that we had, they couldn't, you, you, you could, they couldn't handle the new software. You would, you had to upgrade your, you had to buy a new computer or your, you, you couldn't run the new software on it. And you're saying mm-hmm. that software that we, that we used to couldn't run on our computers that was making them seem fast at the time, but crawl now, if we had to go back to our computers in the 1991, 1992, we would, we go, how the heck do we deal with this? It would be so yeah. slow. You're saying those things, anything they can burn from software onto a chip is what they're doing. Yeah, and when they do that, they cut out a lot of the fat. So yeah, high-level programming language has what's called code bloat. So I can take a third. So you got machine language that's ones and zeros. You have assembly language where there's human mnemonics like, three-letter words like add, subtract, multiply, divide, move. Uh, and then, um, and so you talk in those mnemonics and it's converted to ones and zeros. And then we had a higher-level programming language, which we know of, you know, anywhere from basic, Fortran, COBOL, all the way up to C and, and, and whatnot. And that gets compiled and turned back down more like an assembly when you look at it in machine code. And then there's even higher level languages, fourth level generation languages running up here at the top. And every time Windows comes out with a new operating system, it's it's a magnitude larger in size of the files that it takes up on the hard drives. And that's why we have to have faster hardware to run it. So you may have, um, let's just say, a book of encyclopedias um, size of files to run an operating system for say windows 10 and windows 11 comes out it may be double that size or quadruple that size it just keeps going up bigger and bigger and so does our programs that we purchase um accounting software or whatever it's the code gets bloated bigger and bigger and bigger as we evolve to higher levels of programming language well, to shrink that down to a tip, you literally go through these processes that scrub out all the excess stuff that's no longer needed, and it shrinks it down and it puts it on on etches of these little line traces in 3D and puts it on silicone. And all of a sudden, now it takes up a lot less space. Electrons have further to travel, and it just happens lightly fast because you turn it on and it works. It doesn't have to boot up and load stuff. You know, it occurred to me yesterday. It occurred to me yesterday. I was talking to Victoria, who, again, she's smarter than I am. We're going to find out she's smarter than all of us. But you know what lawyers are? 
we are the Rosetta Stone that allows to interpret what you just said so somebody else can understand. Because basically, I, I get the idea. I'm pretty sure I've, I've summed it up is that that these guys, if you can make something that goes into a chip, silicon or however else you make it, so you don't have to run it as software, you're going to get rich. Yep. All right. So what to, to sum up what the other brain in this trust is that Glenn was saying the fact that Mr. Hung, who has big pixels, he <laughs> actually very, 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 very small pixels. Is well, a big, a big amount. I'm, re- I'm quoting. Twain. Not long. I'm quoting Twain. I'm quoting, I'm, I'm quoting him there. Right, but the long and short of it is he was invited to this, this world government deal and James Wilkerson was not. That's the big news. <laughs> well, I mean, the point being that he has done something that those people who are wanting to affect how governments are run, he's important enough now. He got invited. Right. Along with Altman. Altman was not invited. Really? So is this an Altman, intel? Altman is this? wouldn't know, to be honest, because he doesn't, I don't think he's a big, or he doesn't have time for or doesn't care about governments. governments. Is that, so this isn't an IBM Intel thing. Because remember that, IBM, they didn't think they needed the software. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so dull. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, the chips and, I mean, I just say that, that IBM lost their, they were, they did not capitalize on the PC movement like you would have expected them to. Because when IBM, when I was a kid, you couldn't type a paper without an IBM typewriter. You used the Selectric and they were selling those things like crazy. Remember the little ball? They had on it, and man, it was so awesome. It would erase for you if you miss, had a mistype. It would go back and erase it for you. Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember the first time I heard of a word processor. I was a, I was a senior in high school, so I would have eighty. I mean, I would have been uh, 78, 77, 77. Listen to me. So seventy seven, they were coming out with this idea of word processor. So that meant they had computers. But I, but they were just a computer that could do word processing. That's all it could do. And John Hapley's father, who was working in the field, asked for one, and they turned Conoco turned him down. <laughs> they wouldn't give him a word processor. Well, you know what IBM stands for, right? International Business Machine. No, I thought it was. I thought it was uh, International Bowel Movement. What? <laughs> Intentional bowel movement. That's a, yeah, that, that's an old IT joke. <laughs> IBM got away from hardware, and now they're strictly in um, consulting. So they're in services and labor and stuff. They're huge. I, you know, yeah. I, I did not know that they were still that big. All right. Well, I they're think. Huge, yeah. Is there something else you could squeeze in? I know we're a little over, but you had so, you were so prepared today. I felt, I felt horrible we got into politics. But you know how I am. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no, I think I'm good, really. Okay. Well, I think this is – I learned a lot today, and it's always fun having you guys on a, on Technology Thursday because you definitely are far above – I'm an end user. That's all there is to it. The only thing I'll mention Apple Vision Pro since that seems to be kind of something that people are going into. Uh, real quick, it basically, you've seen these – Geeks who spent $3,500 to have this thing on their head and they're touching the air all over the place or 
yeah. they're driving a Tesla with it or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there may be more to it than looks like on the surface. This this might be the start. Uh, you might be seeing the first iPad from Apple. Remember that when we said, "Why would I use that? Why the heck would I use that? I don't, I don't need an iPad. I've got a laptop." I don't remember saying that. Well, lots of people did at first, and so this. You know, this immersive VR uh, machine they've created uh, has it probably is a bigger uh, deal than we first think. All right. So and you know this. um, So I'm not saying anything you or anybody in this podcast audience probably doesn't already know. If I had millions of dollars, a couple of if I had just two million, I would already have a pair. I want a pair. I want to try it. I do. I want I would get it if, if. and especially if I were retired. And I'm not saying, Glenn, you need to go get one. But I can tell you right now that if I were Glenn Cox, I would have one. I absolutely, positively would have one. I, I, but I, I would have, I would also have a Tesla car. I know that they're not practical, but I would love to have one. I would love to see, to drive one. I'd like to have one and see what it does in the cold weather and see what it does in the hot weather and, and what happens when it breaks. Will they fix it? You know, I would, I would, if I had the money, I would. I don't have the money to have a car that doesn't work. If the car doesn't work, I don't need it. You know, so, but anyway, no, I think those things, well, what do you think, Dwayne? I, I think they have potential. Now, I want to tell you something. I saw people who, right, so when you look at their, in, in, at their commercial for it, it looks like this thing is, you know, you, it is utopia. It's going to make, you know, your, your life is going to be so wonderful. Well, people who, who've actually bought them and used them are laughing about some of the things they can't, that it does, some of the idiosyncrasies, some of the things it does. And, and so it's not nearly as good as the commercial. But I also can tell you this, that there were people who said they were going to stomp on their Apple watches because they didn't like them. And they had, they had videos of them uh, uh, squashing them. And now almost everybody has one. I'm the one of the few that has not adopted that one because I don't like stuff on my skin. But um, I think... I think that those people were trying to make it look bad. To my point. So what are you what are you hearing about them, Dwayne? I'm not hearing anything about them, but my opinion is, if they really want to make them pervasive, they're going to have to make the goggles, the visor, not look so wonkish, and they're going to have to do something that's more tactile, either with some gloves or something. That just typing your fingers in the air isn't going to work for most people. I got gotcha. you. Well, I, 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 but don't you think that that's what, how it works? So you get, you get people up that will be willing to buy them up front. And oh, oh yeah, the, the, these things may be in generation ten, ten years from now, and, but they, they will have advanced to the point where we're all just dying every time they come out that we want to upgrade and spend another four or five grand on them. But the thing is, the ones right now will look really dorkish in just a couple of years. They, they're going to undergo a lot of changes in the next few years, I bet. Well, until I can have, until I can have Italy's president in my room, then it's, it's not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has some really interesting technology, though, that uh, is, uh, they've, they've figured out, the eye tracking on it is super, super advanced and that's how they get around the uh, resolution problem they have with the uh, screens and also because you can kind of see through them uh it makes it people who use it 
who've used other headsets say, yeah, I don't get dizzy when I'm using this one. The other one makes me dizzy. Okay, so what you're both saying, though, is until it, it, for it to ultimately be accepted all over the place, they're going to have to make some changes. They're going to have to make it look more like glasses. I will ask you this. If I had those on, would it correct my eyes so I could see um, what I'm trying to read, too? Because, I mean, all right, so let's, I'm supposing right now I've got on read. If they made them, if they made those goggles even close to being like this, well, I'm used to wearing glasses now, and I don't like things touching me, but I'm used to wearing glasses. But I would, I would want to take them off every time I had to read something real. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that. I would assume so because of the technology and the resolution of their screens, uh, or I guess better way to put it, the fidelity of their screens. In theory, if you could upload what your prescription current prescription is for your eyes, it could probably modify what you're seeing so that it's a real-time prescription lens. Well, that... And I think it does do that, by the way. Well, Mr. But, it, but it has no way to figure out what your prescription is. I got you. I got you. Well, I, I, can, I can see where it could test it. <laughs> can you see this? Yep. Can you see that? Nope. Yep. Nope. Okay. This is what your prescription should be. Now you can see. Yeah, that's a, that's a $100,000 unit at the... Um, the eye doctor, and it's called um, a, a refractor, that piece of test equipment that shoots laser beams in your eye through your lens and determines what your lens is doing to it and figures out what your prescription needs to be. Now, old-timey doctors don't want to admit that those things are pretty good, and so they still use the manual system where it's is it one or two three or four they go through all of that <laughs> well let me tell you this i've got the the um the what do you call those ear the, the apples ear earphones thing those little things you stick in your ear what do you call those things airpods all right i've got the pro version pro the, the second the, you know pro two all right they have a hearing uh aid they call it something else because it's not legal to call it a hearing aid but it's a hearing aid it's, it's what it is when you buy them, you get your iP- you connect it to your iPhone, and it gives you a hearing test. And you, what you do is, when you can't hear it anymore, you lift your finger off. So you, you know, what I'm saying, so it's testing your ears, and then it says, okay, this is where you have moderate hearing loss in these levels. And then they, it feeds it to these 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 what do you call them AirPod AirPods. It feeds, yeah, it feeds that information from that hearing test to those ears. And, and I want to tell you something. It works. And I'm going to tell you how I know. It doesn't make things louder. So however loud it is, it's still what my I'm hearing. But I took I was watching the Super Bowl with them, and I heard everything they were saying. I said, well, don't wonder if I even need these things. And I took them out. It was the exact same loud. I couldn't hear it. That gum thing those announcers were saying. Nothing. Well, I guarantee you somebody could write an app for these things and you would go through a process of giving feedback and it would figure out what your prescription needs to be. That's what I think is going to happen. That's what I think is going to happen. Now, the question is, are they going to make make them comfortable and not so, what do you, you had a word for it, not nerdy, but something like that, boxy. Yeah, wonky or whatever. They're going to have to, they're going to have to do that, but they will. They will. They will. Yeah, I, I would love to see something that looks like regular glasses not prescription eyeglasses something classy looking and very modest 
but does the uh, you know heads up display on it? Yeah, that would be nice. And I, and 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 I guess you would, you have something like these AirPods that would go along with it. So I, I don't know. I, I the reason I'm sure they have it like it is is they want they don't want any artificial any light from the outside coming in except through the lens. I assume that's the problem. Um. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. Well, I think they're going to work. I believe I believe Apple's onto something. And I I saw that because again. Glenn's got me listening to Scott Adams, not for any other reason than I, I, I can fall asleep to him so I can find a 15-minute clip of Scott Adams, listen to it, and I'm going to be asleep for that 15 minutes is up. Well, he talked about those and said, I can't see anybody saying I want those. And I'm thinking, oh, you're not talking to me. I wish I had some today. I would love to have them. But I'm a, I, will, I, will, I will agree with you. If you touch is, is humans, it's very important to touch. And I'm such that I don't like changing keyboards because I get used to a certain feel, a certain touch. And I and and Glenn, I mean, uh, Dwayne threw away one of my keyboards while he was here because it quit working. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> well, if they can get this, Nvidia can get this AI chip working for just a few trillion instead of seven. We wouldn't need a keyboard. We would just talk to our AI assistant while we're. Wearing our eye glasses, looking computer screens. I, 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 oh, I don't like talking to a computer. I don't like doing it. I didn't, you know, it was a problem with me when I got my first job as a lawyer with a really big law firm, sixty lawyers. I mean, some people may think that's big, it's small compared to some of these companies, but it's big. Sixty lawyers is what we had, and I was front end of this computer thing. I was far, far ahead of everybody else in that firm on trying to use a computer in my practice. Well, everybody else was using a dictaphone, and I could never get the hang of it. Never. Why? Why? When I can use my fingers and and it, it, I I communicate much better reading it on a screen with my fingers than I do talking. And I know you do it, Dwayne. You've been trying to convince me for a long time, and there are some things that I would like to be able to do that you told me you did, but I would like to be able to say. To my, I would like to be able to say, hey, Siri, write, uh, remind me at 2 o'clock that I need to do blank. That would help me when I'm driving down the road. Well, all you have to do is just force yourself to start doing it. You'll make a few mistakes, make corrections, and pretty soon you will have the vernacular down where you can make it do what you want to on the first try. And that would be the same thing with AI, wouldn't it? Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm willing to try it. I'll let next time you're here, I'll let you help me set me up. I'll try it. I, I, the, the reason is going to be and the difference is that it's I will be able to read it. So so that's different than what that doing it into a dictaphone was. That would go to a, a tape. That did, back then did it then it went from tape to just recording, you know, a chip. But anyway, you didn't get to see it. That was a lot of my problem. I would try to I would try to dictate to it, but I couldn't see what I already wrote, and I would forget and I could type it quicker than they could. I was faster than anybody with, with my fingers because I could see it. That was the big difference. So you couldn't say I was faster getting the first draft out, but I was faster getting that first draft to me because they had to send it to a secretary. Secretary had to transcribe it with her mistakes or whatever, not understanding, whatever, come back to, to them. By the time they did that, I probably had a final, a final copy. Does that make sense? Here's the problem, guys. They did it in 10, 15 minutes. That whole hour was mine, so I was doing second. That was the problem. Okay, got to run.
I, I said, can't tell you how much I appreciate you. I, I, it, the reason this is going so long is I was interested in it, and it is my perspective, isn't it? Now, I got to tell you something, Glenn, and this is going to be a true I'm going into PJ's coffee. Charlotte, I, I, we have, we use, I won't lie, we use Brookshire's coffee a lot there because it's so cheap. They're little pods. Well, every now and then I will sneak a PJ's coffee pod to her. I make her coffee in the morning. That's one of the things I do for my wife. And she goes, oh, this is the best coffee I've ever had. She noticed the difference. Well, James, if you too want to notice the difference, you'll get over to the Hot and PJs in Hot, Louisiana, and you'll have the delicious, different, wonderful coffees they have: light roast, medium roast, dark roast, uh, all in a wonderful atmosphere with delicious breakfast pastries, lunch pastries, uh, as well as lunch sandwiches, uh, breakfast sandwiches. Zaps, chips, all natural Red Bull, and of course, boosted teas and other wonderful drinks. When you go get full throttle, they may have it. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. Listeners, thank you so much. I, I want to uh, encourage those on the comrades. And if you go on X and look, look at us there, please give us feedback. Um, we enjoy doing this. We, we still appreciate you listening, and, and your feedback is so good. Um, and by the way, if the first 30 to minute to a minute and a half are bad, it's on me. I forgot to turn on the mic, but I turned it on pretty soon in the program. Glenn's going to do what he can to clean it up. I just wanted to make his job a little harder. Thank you for listening, guys. We'll go back to me. I think we're going to talk about the conspiracy that Dwayne was talking about. It was the CIA involved in Russia. I think that's what we're doing, but we may change our mind. Thank you guys for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.